and thank you for listening to the National Home Improvement Council's celebration of women across construction of part of International Women's Day 2022. Through this podcast, the NHIC hopes to elevate the visibility of women and the role they play in creating a vibrant and thriving construction sector. I'm your host, Anna Scothan, Chief Executive of the National Home Improvement Council. And in this this episode, I'm thrilled to be speaking to Andy Mitchell, Chief Executive at Tideway and co-chair alongside the Minister for Industry of the Construction Leadership Council. Andy, welcome. Anna, thank you for having me here. It's my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're going to dive right straight into the theme of the series of podcasts, which has been International Women's Day and breaking the bias. I want to get to know you a little bit better, though, if I may. You're co-chair alongside the Minister of the CLC and Chief Exec at Tideway. Those are two major roles. How did your career bring you to this point? Yeah, you know, I often ask myself the same question. uh, yeah, so civil engineer, university, always wanted to uh, travel, meet people, and I like like the idea of taking things apart and building things. So that all, that all made sense to me. I, I started my career working overseas. I got into big projects, and <clears throat> you know the, the thing with the CV is that you work on one big project, and it mm-hmm. you're better qualifies you to work on the next big project. So that's kind of what I've done my whole life um in different parts of the world and i've been back in the uk for uh 20 years now after six years in hong kong and same thing projects here on the railways so that's sort of a logical uh, progression of my career the the Mm -hmm. clc thing was uh a little bit more bizarre if you like it was what three and a half years ago um and in fairness, at that time, really not many people knew much about the CLC. Mm-hmm. I didn't either, if I'm honest. Uh, and I was asked if I wanted to to become the next uh, co-chair. So I I said yes. And I don't really think I understood what I was saying <laughs> yes to. Um, and yeah, what was clear was that you know, there are so many challenges that society uh, and the, and therefore the industry. Uh, face that so much had to change and that was all quite obvious and three years ago we, even then it, the, the the focus on on net zero and carbon was nowhere near as uh, large as it is now but it was clear that that needed sorting out it was clear that uh from from Grenfell that all sorts of things needed to improve uh in building and then the whole digital technology thing and all, all the things that we knew and so that, that was kind of the easy bit. The harder bit was, well, how do you do that in an industry that's so disparate and so yeah, so so varied? And if I'm honest, I was scratching my head and um and then COVID happened. And um what you know, we, we've all heard the expression never waste a good crisis, but Indeed. Uh, it was a it did have a galvanizing effect mm-hmm. and it did allow us to to pull. Uh, invite people from various from very different parts of the industry together uh, and that created a, um, a platform where all sorts of things could happen the immediate covid and brexit challenges that we had but what it did do was then allow us to say right now all these other things that we we knew we had to sort out pre-covid pre-brexit um why can't we do the same with them and with them and so that's been the sort of story it's been a bit of a whirlwind yeah. Um, but I think we've made we've made huge, huge 
strides in that. Fantastic. Absolutely. And and you and I come from completely the I mean, we, we would say that we work in construction, mm. but we come com- from completely polar opposite ends um, of the sector. And that's part of its beauty is the fact that it is so diverse and it can offer a fulfilling career to anyone with the right skills to, to work in it and an aptitude. Um, but also it brings some of its challenges, doesn't it, in terms of how do you how does government set policy for an industry that is so diverse and so different? Um, and I guess that that sort of leads into why can initiatives like the Construction Leadership Council are so important. Well, I, I, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, people have said for, for decades that uh, this industry is disparate. It, it speaks with many voices. And, and that's because there are many different aspects uh, and different parts of the industry. But um, the thing that we, became obvious very, very quickly, certainly with the task force at the start of uh, the COVID piece, was that it didn't really matter where you were in the industry, whether you're working on the big infrastructure projects or whether you were doing the domestic uh, RMI. We all depended on the same three things, people, cash and materials. Yeah. And, and if you didn't have those, you couldn't work no matter where you were. And, and that sort of penny dropped quite quickly that, my goodness, we, we are, we're all facing the same problems, albeit at you know, different angles or scales or whatever, but we've got a huge amount in common. And, and I think that, that unifying um, challenge, if you like, is what I think uh, allows you, know, we have the 190th task, force meeting this morning and I'm seeing the same thing there as I saw at the very beginning which is these different parts of the representatives of the different parts of the industry all still being there all really keen to hear what other parts of the industry were saying and learning from each other in all sorts of uh, unobvious ways or unanticipated ways and and I think it's that recognition that yes this is a very varied industry but we have so much more in common and we're stronger together. And, and that, I think, is why it still sticks and it still um, continues to make progress. Yeah. And, and also recognising that it's important for us as the sector to find common ways of talking about ourselves mm. to stakeholders like government. It's, it's part of our responsibility to find ways of not speaking with so many voices. Um, and, and I think the CLC has done that in spades. Yeah, I think, I think it, you know, perfect is the enemy of the good here. And, and, and if we were to try and agree in detail on everything and on a particular position, you, you wouldn't get anywhere. You'd end up with the lowest common denominator, which would be so facile, it, it didn't mean anything. So and, and what I do see is that people, we get the fact that, making progress is important and if you've got to sacrifice some of the things that may be very dear and very particular to to your part of the industry for a great a greater good a pro a more broad progress for a lot of people um then that's what i see people doing and 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 i think that's the trick as i say without dumbing things down to to the point of um it being meaningless but that that it's it's there, it happens, we, we see lots of examples. And also we recognize that I think with the CLC, uh, sometimes there are things that it's very difficult 
for the CLC, the Construction Leadership Council, to say because various parts of the industry fundamentally disagree with each other. And, and at that point, we say, well, okay, look, you, that part of the industry, whatever body or group you are, you need to express your views. But for the sake of a unity of the CLC, this isn't one that can be overtly put out as a CLC point. But that, but that's, that's kind of part of the fun, really, of, of steering our way through, uh, through this. So it's enjoying the diversity of the industry, um, but not letting that diversity mean we can't do things together. Agreed. And understanding why sometimes we aren't going to do things together. Mm. And that's as OK as doing them together. Absolutely. Now, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a long time uh, to talk about CLC. But this series this month has been totally focused on celebrating women in construction. Um, and by virtue of being on the podcast, helping to raise their profile. And you and I spoke about the series at the beginning of this month, and you were super keen to engage on this topic mm. specifically. Um, so let's dive in with the big question right away, if we may. Are large global campaigns like International Women's Day important? Are they needed? Yeah, I, I, absolutely they are. Um, primarily, in my view, because... It's a way of drawing people's attention to some of the issues and the inequities that, that exist. Um, I, I would say that a lot of the uh, imbalances that we have aren't, aren't heartfelt. They're learnt habits from history mm -hmm. um, to the point where you know, I, I am sure a lot of people don't even recognise the biases that, that exist. So. Mm -hmm. Um, not because people are vehemently uh, anti-women or, 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 or any of the other issues that, that we face, but because of habit, because of history, because of systemic bias. And, and I think uh, things like International Women's Day are important to help get, get this thinking into people's minds. Get a, it's, a, it's an opportunity to, to offer... Uh, different ways of thinking about it. It's not that I'm a bad man. Um, it's that I've I've got the habits I've got because I've lived the life I've lived, and I and I was born in the '60s, and you know, or I have a history the same as everyone else. So it's not about clearly, it's not about telling people off, and it's not about saying women women solely good. Mm -hmm. But it is an opportunity to say to, to take stock and reflect. And the yeah. more we can do that and the more we can help people think in a different way, the more progress we're going to make. And of course, it's not just about a day or, or, or a week, um, but it's a point in time. And it's a it's a point in time where we can all focus on what is the best messages and what, what are the things that need saying. And it's an opportunity to say them and and. You only got to look at the number of companies that have celebrated International Women's Day and um, and with a, a, a reasonable consistency, because it's the same issue wherever you are. Um, and, 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 it, and it makes a difference. It, would, it, would we have that same focus if, if there wasn't something like International Women's Day? Probably not. So it's an opportunity and it's a regular heartbeat of um, of of helping people marshal thoughts, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I, it allows um, 
decision makers and boards mm. to sort of think, OK, what progress have we made? Are we mm. still, you know, mm. ensuring equal pay? Are we still, you know, and, and it just it provides that you, you describe it as the heartbeat. It provides that that touchstone every year mm. in March to think, are we still on the right track with this? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and how do we maximise the impacts of these then, uh, these types of global campaigns that are that are relevant across all sectors? How do we maximise their impacts in construction? So I think we've, you know, con- construction does stand out as an industry where it, it's a predominantly male industry. You, you know, you've only got to look at the statistics. It, it's, it's not how it should be or could be, but it's it's how it is. And Things are changing, but far too slowly. Uh, you know, I think the the other thing that I've noticed is that you you, you look at different companies and the approach they've taken on uh, International Women's Day, and it's very visible. Um, and these are opportunities to learn from other uh, other companies, other industries, um, uh, uh, around how how are they going about t- dealing with with an issue like like this mm-hmm. um so it is an opportunity to learn from others who are trying to do the right thing um i think it is about uh, being as as loud and as imaginative as you can be um uh, about expressing what we think the issue is and what we think the solutions are uh and the more the more people that do that, the more we're likely to to make progress and learn from each other and reinforce each other's views that, yeah, we're right, because other people think the same as I do sort of mm. thing. Yeah. yeah. And this, this year's theme is breaking the bias. And you've mm. mentioned biases already. And whether they are deliberate or unconscious, bias can make it difficult for women to move ahead. Mm. Are there places where you see bias more than others? Yes, I, I, I mean, I do think the vast majority of the bias that we see is, is unconscious. It is based in habit because mm-hmm. uh, that's how it's always been or that's the only thing I've known. But when you when you look at, you know, the we're, we're never going to crack this in this industry until we've got the right ratio, which is statistically 50-50 um, of people at all levels. In, in, in organizations. Now, why is that so difficult? Um, because we see a, a lot better ratios of people coming into the industry, but that doesn't translate to, to the top of the industry. And, and I think there's a couple of reasons that if working practices aren't, uh, aren't conducive, I would say here aren't conducive uh, for parents of young people, because um, this isn't that isn't just a, a, a woman's issue, it's a parent's issue. Agreed. Um, and if you want to be the parent that you could be, you present have, have certain present, you have certain expectations of actually be, being a parent. Yeah. Which is bloody hard to do in an industry that used to pride itself in you've got to be on site early mm-hmm. hours of the morning and you've got to be there on Saturdays and, and, and that sort of approach. Um, and so I, th- I think part of it, the working habits have made it difficult for parents to progress. And, and then you've got to uh, acknowledge the fact that historically the view has been, well, the mother has a role and the father has a different role, which, which doesn't help either. Mm-hmm. But, but when the structure of the industry is like the, the way it's been, 
is reinforcing those parental stereotypes. Um, so it, it's, it's historically not been an easy industry, in my view, for a parent and a mother to, mm -hmm. to, to be in. Um, and if you accept the fact that typically progression upwards through an organization takes time, um, then we're dealing, you know, the issues we've got now with 20 year experienced people, that problem started 20 years ago, arguably it started 40 years ago when they were children and they were given dolls or Lego. <laughs> but but um, so what are we saying that, well, this is never going to get, if we've got 20 year experience imbalance, are we saying it's going to take at least another 20 years and that's if we had a perfect um, starting uh, feed into the industry and we had perfect working habits so that la 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 la. Well, you could say that, but in, uh, what, what, if, what I will do is guarantee that in 20 years time, you'll not be where, where we want to be. So we, we, we have to acknowledge that we've got to change things in, in, uh, in the industry to allow uh, people to that want to stay, be in the industry, to stay in the industry. Mm -hmm. But we've also got to understand what can we do to change how we view talent mm -hmm. and change how we select talent. And, and again, this is where I think the unconscious bias comes in. Um, for, for, well, for us, that's a big debate in its own right, isn't mm -hmm. it? But, but that unconscious bias um, is there and certainly one thing that we found in Tideway when we do our succession planning and our you know, uh, whatever you want to call them rising stars and things like that we one of our we have a number of people in the company who are trained unconscious bias um, reviewers if you like and and so that they sit in on at, at every level they sit, certainly sit in with my team as we're going through that sort of uh, review of, um, of the people that we have and their sole role is to pick us up on uh, on um, unconscious bias. Wow! And they do, and and it, and it, wow! <clears throat> and you know, so we, I, and I found myself having conversations that I thought were totally valid, and and then um, in in our case, Richard um, says, "Well, hang on a minute, just listen to what you've just said," and so. This is this is someone, an engineer in the company who who um, did the two or three day unconscious bias training course, mm -hmm. and just a, a being not in the conversation and therefore being able to be an observer, but b with a training of sort of what to look for and things that don't sound right. And then when they he plays that back to you, you think bloody hell! Wow, you know, I, I would have myself down as someone that that saw things in an immaculate and perfect way. Yeah. But I didn't. I can't believe I just said that. And so there are things that we, I think that we have to have positive interventions. Otherwise, I don't think things will change. And in 20 years time, we'll have the same problem uh, as we have now. So th there's, but I think it, it's more in, in, in that space, as I say, of unintentional. Uh, and I think an, an easy way of, of sort of, I guess, it, taking that a little bit further in terms of the systems and the working practices, because I've noticed straight away um, going back to traditional meetings. Now, you know, we're sort of on the, 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 the back end of, of the COVID crisis, hopefully. 
Um, and so we're moving from digital back to traditional meetings. And again, I'm back into being the only woman in the room, whereas on digital meetings, it's a third, if not a half of representation. And I think a big part of that is because women don't want to, are not able to, or um, or not in a position to, for whatever reason, to travel and be away from the home. And, and I think that comes back to, it isn't just, again, it's that sort of traditional role of, of, of women and child, mm. but un, until we create working practices that Absolutely. are better for both sexes, because yeah. I'm sure men don't want to be away from home no. so much and have to travel all over and expected to be, um, you know, 12, 14 hour days. And it, it's not good for anybody. No, it's not. And I, and I think we've got to be really careful that what we don't do is throw out all of the positives that, that are you know, wholly apparent that, are, that have come out through of working practices that have come out from the pandemic because we'd lose all of that. Yeah, you know, I, I look at the Construction Leadership Council and the task force and the senior advisors group that, that you're on quite simply wouldn't have happened without without video conferencing because we're all mm-hmm. over the country. And, and you know, the task force was meeting on a daily basis. That would have been impossible. And so we've got we and the other thing we've proven is that you don't have to be uh, a lot of people do not have to be on a construction site every day to do their job really well and and we have to hang on to that because a simple reversion to right everybody back in the office let's go back to normal who said normal was any good in the first place yeah that's the question isn't it mm. that's the Absolutely. question and and and, it, and if you want to perpetuate the past then fine you do that that's about the most guaranteed way you're going to have of doing it but it, but it, it's not right and it's not necessary mm. now you're a man Talking about International Women's Day, do you think it's just a women's issue? Well, hell no. Of course not. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it can't be. I mean, look, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm a man and I'm, and I'm as much a part of the problem as anyone else. Uh, you know, and the obviously. solution. And, and therefore part of the solution. But yeah. I'm also, in my company, I'm the chief exec. Uh, and I've got, therefore, a particular responsibility for the, for the health of the organisation. And mm-hmm. for me, the health of the organisation is all about ha- having one that is as capable as it can be. Um, so, y- yes, of course, it, it, it's... And, you know, and if I... When, sometimes, some, when, we, when we have those sort of un- unconscious bias moments, and I, and I say to some of the... Uh, women in the team did did that did that really sound as you know, did that sound as bad to you and 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 you know, the, these are these are women who who are not backwards and coming forwards but quite often say oh I'm so fed up with it, you know, having to be the one that argues the point and and absolutely why should they mm-hmm. why should we, we all have a role to 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 put this right it's not a women's problem it's I would call it it's a corporate efficiency problem, and and therefore, if you want to look at it that way, we'd all say that was all of our issues. And um, yeah, so it, it, yeah, it, International Women's Day, but it's actually a point in time that we all can reflect on what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And so, what can men do to help? Um, and and some men might feel alienated by mm-hmm. campaigns such as this, 
and they might even switch off for the day or think, oh, you know, if it gets raised in a meeting, they'll suddenly, you know, find a balloon really interesting that's floating by the window or something like that. But what opportunities do you think campaigns such as Break the Bias can do for improving equity generally? Well, I, and I, see, I think this is really important um, that th- this shouldn't be a, a polarising issue. No, neither, neither should discussions on race. And, and you know, when, I, when I've spoken to, to um, black people about race, what, what they said is, look, we're not asking white people to apologise for a history that wasn't their fault. But we are asking people, to, all people, to understand a history mm-hmm. and understand inequity, and understand we all have a role of uh, role to put, th- put make things better. Mm-hmm. And so, what we mustn't do is let things like International Women's Day c- come across as somehow or other a reprimand mm-hmm. for men, um, because that is going to lead to a uh, you're pushing some people away or or to, to to take some people to say well yeah but I'm not biased so um, therefore I don't have a problem here so it's those bad men over there that, mm. that we need to sort no that's not the point it's not about good and bad it's about we've got an issue it's a systemic one and we've all got a role to play in in, in making it better yeah absolutely um, now, I've asked all of my guests across the series, what advice would you give to your younger self? And I have to say, all of the women have answered that they would have been true to themselves earlier on. What, how would you respond to that? I, yes, I, I understand that. I think the, my, first, my starting point would be, um, I wish I'd figured out earlier what I stood for. I, w- I wish I had figured out, I wish I'd given myself permission to believe in myself. Um, but it's kind of hard to believe in yourself if you don't know what you are and who you are. And mm-hmm. if I figured that out earlier, uh, I think that would have been more helpful. Um, I think um, it, I, I would also have told myself to, to be more ambitious in damn not not ambitious in a career hierarchy that's never really been me that's been more accident than anything but to be more ambitious to do good things and right things and things that um were important to me so knowing myself mm-hmm. better and being more clear on what what i am um and then being prepared to be ambitious about that mm-hmm took me far too long to figure that out you know I still have imposter syndrome same as everyone else and um and and maybe that's a healthy thing to some degree or other but um yeah being more clear and and then backing yourself yeah and I think that's I think it's it's really helpful because women can sometimes feel as though um they're the only ones that have imposter syndrome or they're Mm -hmm. the only so so there's that real self-doubt and I think it's really powerful to hear Mm -hmm. that men feel vulnerable like that too and Mm -hmm. and and men have those you know half the people sat around the table whether they're um men or women are probably feeling as though they don't deserve to be there but actually it's about believing in yourself and and having the confidence to appropriately speak your truth 
um, and not feeling as though it's just a women's issue. You, you know, I, I was at a uh, conference in-house uh, discussion for a, with a company a few years ago and and uh, around women and, and progress in, 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 uh, in their company. And the, on the stage, there, there was me and four women, uh, one of whom was a senior in the company. And someone asked, how did you get to where you, get, you got to and how, how can we do the same? And, uh, and I, I have to say, I disagree with her, her advice. She said, look, you, you know, you've got to speak up and all that. But that means in a room, because the men are going to over talk you because typically that's what they do. You've got to make sure that you are doubly in charge of your facts and you're doubly on this and you, you, you're really all over this and be better than them. I thought, wow, that, that's a really, for me, that was a really bad message because that, that's setting a much higher uh, standard or expectation, which you're bound to fail at mm. because we all have those concerns. I, 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 it, it felt wrong because it's just enhancing the 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 whole imposter syndrome thing for me. I don't I don't think it's that um, somehow or other women have to be fundamentally better than men. We're we're all human beings, you know. Yeah, it's about it's about changing the game, isn't it? It's about not playing the game better. It's about recognizing that the game has flaws yes. and that by open collaborative discussion we can identify where those flaws in the game are and together we can make it better so the game is fair yes no absolutely so it it, but again it's taken away that polarization point and we all have a problem um we all need to fix it we'd be a better society a better company if we could Mm. and and i think if that's the starting point then you don't have to say well how, how good or how bad is gender x or y yeah, yeah. I've heard um, one, one um, very outspoken feminist um, MP on her social media said, you know, we, we'll know we've achieved um, true equality when we can um, be as incompetent as, as certain individuals yeah. and, and gender won't matter. No, I, well, I, because if you can be an incompetent person and still be there, then... <laughs> no, it, it, it's got... A, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of truth. A bit tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. I buy it. And, and so finally, at the end of each episode, I traditionally ask my guests what advice they would give to listeners about getting their homes zero carbon ready, because this podcast is called Net Zero for Nothing. Um, but we're discussing breaking the bias during the series. So what simple things do you think that everyone can do, either at home or at work, to support and encourage diversity and inclusion? Okay, well, I'll answer you. The, the home zero carbon fabric first. We, we've got to sort the fabric. <laughs> it's not all about heat pumps, but that's you've another been, story. You've been listening. Hey, <laughs> even somebody from the infrastructure end of the world can can get some of this. Um, <laughs> what things do I think uh, everyone can do to support? So, so I think there's a couple of things. I think you you've got to. It's really important to be able to look at things situations whatever they are from as many different points of view as possible and put yourself in other people's shoes and 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 try and reflect on well how would I feel if that had just happened to me or or that had just been said to me or I was faced with this situation I I'd feel that was insulting or rude or unfair or uh, so I think that's really important but I think also what we've got to do is be analytical and 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 so things like publishing gender pay gaps or, or, or race pay gaps or whatever, I think are really, really important. 
No, we, we, we do ours. They're not great reading for all the reasons that we understand. But if you can't, uh, if you can't face the truth, then you're not really being very serious about try, trying to change things. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got to be analytical and you've then got to understand that positive action has to take place. And I'm not, I don't believe in uh, quotas. No. Uh, I, and I've attended all sorts of discussions on that with pros and cons for it. Not about that, but it is about, I think, po positive support and positive actions that can help address inequities. To just believe that somehow or other a system that quietly gets better is going to deliver meaningful change in, 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 in times that are acceptable isn't right. So you've got to make stuff happen. And, and that starts with everything else. If, if you want to improve something, you've got to measure it mm -hmm. um, and accept that that's a, you know, that, you have, that's a totally valid starting point. So get analytical, then get serious about doing things to make a difference uh, on, on the one side. And then look at, look at issues from other people's positions, I think, on a more human level would be, uh, would be where I am, I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, our time is up, I'm afraid. And, and thank you again, Andy, for joining us as part of International Women's Day celebration of women across construction. And thank you also to our listeners for choosing to listen to us today. Be sure to follow us across social media, searching for at the NHIC and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Podbean for future episodes. Thank you, Andy. Oh, thanks, Andy.